Welcome to the Mystic Mecca, where the worlds of spirits, aliens, and conspiracies collide, and we keep it high vibe. Hello, and welcome back to episode three of the Mystic Mecca. My name is Erica Blackbear, and I will be your host. So today I want to talk um, a little bit about how the Matrix will respond to threats to the system and how they ultimately keep their control and um, power and what I've directly experienced within the system. Now, I want to say that people who have been directly used and abused in the system. Now, all of us have been used and abused within the system. The ones of us who have been particularly um, used within the pedophile rings or used, especially as children in, in in the matrix system in some way, you're kind of marked and they kind of keep tabs on you and watch you. They really keep tabs on everybody. In fact, they're trying to, that's why like the major power structures like governments and corporations are constantly refining the ways that they are collecting and using data about people. They're, they're ultimately the matrix is like really wanting that data. They're keeping tabs on, on people in a general sense, and then there's certain people that they keep a closer eye on, and that would be people, like I mentioned, that had been kind of used within the system because you have more information that can be used against the system. And so that is why they would keep tabs on you. Now, they will do that in a number of ways. Typically, your quote-unquote handler which, as I mentioned in a previous video, would have been my father, would keep tabs on you. Now, I have severed all communication between him, but that doesn't mean that there's not energetic ways that he is keeping tabs on me, but also the system. And now, there's also different types of um, energetic technology that they will actually put place in people's bodies to track you essentially. Anyway, you could compare it to when you get a physical surgery and they put like pins in your arms or something to hold your bones together. That could be a good example of what I mean by energetic tech. It's like a it's like a piece of technology that they place in your in your energy body but it is also in your physical body because they're they're overlaid. It's a way for them to to keep tabs on people. It's almost like having a, a GPS tracker, but it can also it's not only giving them information. They can actually put information into your system through this energetic tech, and so it's another way of manipulation and control. They are keeping tabs on on people in a lot of different ways. Also, they are aware because they are connected to the energetic realms, to the other dimensional realms. They are aware of the beings who are coming in right now to try to help 
humanity break out of the system. And so they're, they're keeping tabs on those individuals in particular as well. And they're also trying to keep those individuals from accomplishing their mission. I'm going to speak about my personal experience so that you can kind of get an idea. They were aware and I was aware as I incarnated into this incarnation that I had planned on helping humanity break out of this system. And so they knew that coming in and they did, they were doing extra things to try to keep me from doing that. So they would use that energetic tech I alluded to earlier and they created a lot of traumas within me intentionally to try to break me basically and try to keep me from accessing my light, accessing my knowing that of why I was here and be able to help others. And they obviously did not accomplish what they were attempting to do, but it was very it was extremely difficult and heavy to try to break out of that. There's a number of different things that these pieces of tech will do. They will emit lower vibrational frequencies so that if you're not aware that they're in your body, because you can take them out. So once they're once they're placed in there, if you're aware and if you're able to, if you are accessing your power and your abilities, you will know that they're there because you'll either one of your guides will tell you that you have a piece of tech in your system or you'll be able to intuitively know that there is a piece of tech that needs to be removed. Now, I have had many, many, many different pieces of tech that I've pulled out of my own body and that other healers have pulled out for me. And they did different things. So for example, there was this one piece that was attached in by my spine. Now, I have scoliosis. I was, and the thing about the spine is that the spine is your center, not only your connection into the earth, which is grounding, which is how you ground your dreams and your creative energy into the physical realm is your connection to the earth. So your spine is like kind of like a a large antenna, almost your, your spinal column where it's, and that is where your um, chakra systems are, right? So your chakras, your chakras are sitting along the spine And so your spine is like this major antenna of your body. And so it connects you into the earth, as I mentioned, but it also connects you into the great spirit energy, the God energy, the cosmos. It connects you to every other. It allows you to read all of the other data from the different dimensional realms. It's, it's, it's a very important piece of your system. Like it's super important. So what they did was through the sexual trauma that I experienced, they created a scoliosis in my spine, which is a curvature of the spine. Now it's mild. Essentially, the the point of that was to cause a kink in my in my energetic antenna, right? My way of accessing information. They're trying to cut off my access to higher level information through doing that. And they put a piece of tech in against my spine that was holding the scoliosis in place, essentially. And so not only was this 
keeping my spine in its in a curvature and so it wasn't operating at its full potential but it was also emitting a lower vibrational frequency and so so when you have something within your system that is emitting a lower vibrational frequency it's lowering your overall energetic frequency and so that also is keeping you um, from accessing your your higher um, knowing, your higher understanding, the frequencies from the universe that all of us are able to to read and access, it's it's essentially trying to keep me from doing that. Now it did work for a little while, but because I'm a powerful being and everyone else is a powerful being, you you can you can override, overrun those these types of things it's not like it will stop it's not a sure stopping thing you know it's just an added thing that's kind of like encouraging a lower vibration in your system and trying to keep keep you down and so it makes things more difficult when you have pieces of technology tech in you that is doing these types of things and also because it was placed when I was enduring a lot of sexual assault, it holds the resonance of the energetic signature of that those assaults. And so it's like not only keeping me in a lower vibration, but also causes a lot of triggers to happen. It, it, there's a it's it's holding that kind of cyclical, abuse pattern in my energy field. And so it's attracting that back in. So I, even when I was out of the, you know, pedophile rings and out of, you know, I cut ties to my father and all that, I was still attracting that sort of experience into myself because partially because there was these pieces of energetic tech that was, it's like a magnet. It was like attracting, helping to attract that back in. There's a, so there's that. There's also like curses. They love to use curses and different types of ritualistic um, black magic, you could call it. Um, those types of things, they will put curses and stuff on a person that until you r- realize that they're there, you can undo them. They're very easily undone. But the point is that most people don't realize that it's there. Most people don't even know that they're placed on them and in them in the first place. They don't, because it's energetic, most people are trained not to access their ability to see that you know, the, your sight ability is what allows you to energetically see into a body. And if you don't have your sight turned on or ha- remember how to access your ability, that innate ability within yourself, you won't know that they're placing these things within you because they're doing it in the energetic realm. And so without knowing that it's there, it's going to affect your your overall system. Now, because I am able to see these things, I am able to remove them from myself. And so, and I'm able to remove them from other people. But the, the, so that's one of the ways that one of the things that they did 
was put a lot of tech into me. There was all kinds of different pieces of tech that they placed within me to keep me down, keep me from speaking my truth. There was a lot of tech in my along my spine in particular in my hips and in my throat trying to keep me from speaking my truth trying to keep me from accessing my truth removing those certainly helped help me so those are things that were placed when i was a very young child and then there's ways so like my family when they were um, using, so not my father, he was consciously aware of all this, but my mother and my sister, when they were undergoing the mind control aspect of things, the programming was to basically turn my family against me. So so they would instill things into my my family, things like, you know, I'm, I can't be trusted. Things like I'm, a whore, basically. Things like I'm try to manipulate them. Like there was this constant messaging to them about me. And now that I was also sitting in these sessions, and so I was also supposed to be absorbing these messages. And most of them, you know, most of the messages did not permeate me. Some of them did because, you know, over time, eventually it's hard to hold that kind of energetic assault at bay completely. But I think I did a pretty good job. But for the most part, I was able to kind of shield myself from that in those moments. But my my family members the mind control, the the hypnotism, what I called hypnotism was working on them. And I knew that because I tested them. I would ask them questions about things afterwards. And I was became quite aware that they were, it was working on them. They, they forgot things and they didn't, you know, they didn't remember things. I was, I was trying to kind of test them. Um, but anyway, so they turned they created weapons out of my family members they made them like they despise me there's like this especially my mom she she never trusted me she j- just she you know thought i was out to get her she thought i was manipulative she thought i was easy she thought i you know was that I was a drug addict and, you know, and I mean, she believed it. She really did. And so it turned her against me. Like she didn't, I, you know, growing up. So that was another aspect of control over me was that the people, they turned the people that I cared about into weapons against me essentially. And they do this with a lot of their, you know, quote victims. So that's another aspect of it. Now, also, they, you know, would just tell me repeatedly over and over again, you're going to be a drug addict, you're going to die in a ditch, like those types of messaging to me. And like I said, I tried to like shield myself as much as possible. I tried to undo those things, but some of it did seep into my into my subconscious and some of it, you know, I believed a little bit for a while. Um, and but also they would use drugs on me and those the other children, as I mentioned, and drugs are addicting, right? Like that that high that, especially like the drugs that they were using, like heroin and MDMA, that 
euphoric feeling that you get from MDMA and from um, heroin, you know, it's very addicting. And so they helped to create a, a scenario where I became, you know, addicted to substances um, or that was my knee-jerk reaction to my trauma was to go for the drugs to numb myself. And after I was out of the actual um, sexual abuse part, this is when I'm in my teen years, I'm talking about in early 20s and mid 20s, that was my, an alcohol, that was my knee-jerk kind of go-to to self-medicate was drugs and alcohol. And that was by design, you know, by in- introducing it to me at such a young age, it was likely to create a an addiction later in life. Addiction in and of itself, period, is something that I've struggled with my whole life, not just with um, drugs and alcohol, but, you know, it, it can transfer into different things. So it is a constant, like, being hyper aware of my choices and of what I'm fall like the patterns that I fall into. I have to be very aware of it more so than um, somebody who wasn't like habitually trained this way, I guess, when they were children. So this is something that has, has also been something that I've worked through work, been working through my whole life. So those are some of the examples. So like turning my, my friends and family, particularly my, my, my closest family members against me. Um, and you know, the drugs and alcohol and, and, and the consistent, um, the, the energetic tech, all these things were things that they started when I was a very young child. And, the like for example my scoliosis it's like when you go to a doctor and they tell you that and you get actually diagnosed by a doctor that you have scoliosis they tell you this is a lifelong thing it's going to be degenerative it's going to get worse over time there's no healing this and when you're told that you you have to either fight that belief in that moment or it sinks in and it becomes part of your belief system. So it was something that I fought, you know, my my whole life hearing that I had this thing and I was like, oh, no, I'm not. That's not gonna, because I knew that I needed a clear cha- spinal ch- column for what I n- needed to accomplish in this world. Or it would make it a lot easier. Like I could still go have a workaround, but likely it would take me a lot longer. So I I really just decided I wasn't going to buy into the belief that I would could not heal my scoliosis. And so I've been, you know, working on that for a number of years now. So those are some of the things. And then moving into so there was a long period of time where they definitely kept tabs on me, but they weren't, I wasn't a threat to them. This was when I was in my, in the throes of my addictions and sex addiction and, um, drug and alcohol addiction and all of that. I went through that, all of that for a number of years. I guess I wouldn't call it sex addiction. It was more of like, I equated sex with love. And so I thought that that's how I receive love because that's what I was kind of taught as a child. 
um, subconsciously. And so that's what I was seeking. But now fast forward. So I'm going to fast forward to more recently. So I started becoming more of a threat and started piquing more of their interest when I was actively working on my abilities, like opening more into the the unseen realms. I started getting some pretty major, and I mean, like I said, I was always open to those realms, but I actually shut it off for a number of years because at, when I was younger and I was going through the abuse, I was getting attracting when you're going through really dark, negative, lower vibrational um, experiences, lots of traumas, you tend to attract lo- those entities to you because they want to use you like a battery pack. They're sucking energy off of you and they can't use you if you're too high of a vibration because you're not a match for their low vibration. And they have cut themselves off from source as much as a a being could, even though they, they stem from source and they are source energy. And, you know, but as much as they could cut themselves off from source, which is your innate replenishing energy, like when you're connected to source energy, you are, and there's degrees of connection, right? There's more of an open channel and less of an open channel. Well, these beings are as much of a closed channel as you probably could be. So other people who are more open channel, you get more of replenishing energy from the cosmos. And so you're these beings need to suck and or they feel like they need to suck energy off of others because they don't have their channel to source is not open in any meaningful way. And so if they don't have, they, they aren't receiving their own replenishing energy from source. And so they're sucking it from other people. So you start to attract these lower vibrational entities and we'll get more into them in other um, episodes. And as a child, that's very scary. It was just too much for me to deal with. So I closed or turned down, I would say, my abilities for a while. They were never gone. In fact, I was always very, very spiritually connected still, but I had to actively work to turn some of my abilities back up when I, after that. And so when I went into that and I started to turn my abilities back up, the matrix took notice. Doing that essentially automatically breaks you out of the matrix. And so they're like, oh my God, somebody's breaking out. Somebody's get cut and loose, you know? Um, And so they send in all of the, you know, you get a lot of psychic attacks, you get a lot of both by the entities. And I did, I I did get some pretty gnarly psychic attacks from extraterrestrial species as well. And I mean, I'm actually grateful for it because now I know what to do. It's super easy to stop a psychic attack when you know what's happening. If you don't know what's happening, you're going to think that it's you. You're going to think that you're having like a depressive episode. You're going to think that you're having low, you know, 
thoughts that are putting yourself down. And oftentimes it's these entities that are implanting thoughts and ideas into your head. They're sucking your energy so that you're getting lower and lower. You're getting more depressed because you're losing energy when they're attached to you and sucking energy from you. When you know what a psychic attack is, you can pretty quickly and easily recognize them. And when you do, as soon as you recognize it as being a psychic attack, it stops the psychic attack. And, you know, all you have to do is stand in your power and say, get out of my energy field. You're not welcome here to the beings that, you know, you don't want around. And I mean, raising your vibration and keeping your vibration high is a way of kind of repelling them or at least keeping them at bay. But you have to understand that everybody who is on the planet right now has a lowered vibration, even if you're vibrating higher than the general population. Most of us have a lowered vibration from being within the system for this long and being manipulated by the system. And the energetics of ancestral traumas of being within the system for so long is all passed on to us. So our vibrations are all very lowered anyway. And so we're more susceptible to these types of things anyway. And not only that, but we're, we're operating within this system where these entities are residing regularly. And so it makes uh, it easier for them to attack us and to have, um, you know, do things that lower our vibration and make us feel bad about ourselves, essentially. Um, because they want you feeling bad about yourself because then you're lowered and then they can suck the energy from you. Source energy is always three steps ahead of these guys, right? Like because there's free will in the cosmos, these the the beings that are part of the matrix have free will as well. And their choice to use this planet in this way, has gone on as long as it has because they have free will and source can't just say you don't get free will while these beings do. That's not how it works. And so because of that, we've all by, by buying into the system and by uh, basically choosing to operate within the system ourselves, we've said over the generations that we're agreeing that the system we're buying into it. Basically we're, we're voting that we want to keep the system, but because mo there's a majority of us now who have said like, I've had enough. I don't want to be a part of this. That's when all of these waves of beings came in to kind of assist humanity. Source energy is always three steps ahead of them is what I was saying. And because of that, they, my guides have, knowing that I was going to go through kind of psychic attacks and stuff, my guides use allowed that in because it's useful for me to know that, right? Because then I can help other people get out of it because I can guarantee you that there are millions of people that are being affected by these lower vibrational entities that have no idea that it's happening and that it's affecting their lives in a big, big way. Like they're having, whether it be mental health issues, physical health issues, there are things that are happening because of this and it needs to stop. So anyway, I was given the 
ability to work through this, the, the attacks, which, you know, in the moment were very difficult and it was not fun to deal with, but now I know how to deal with it so quickly that as soon as somebody uh, being comes into my field with malintentions, I feel that they're there and I get them out of my field and very rarely will a psychic attack even start anymore. And if it does, I'm able, I instantly recognize it like, oh no, that's a psychic attack. Nice try, you know, and then it's gone because their power is in us not knowing that's where their power lies. My guides, I believe, really allowed me to go through those experiences because it was going to help me in this mission and it was going to it it strengthened me it's it empowered me ultimately because i realized how easy it was to deal with these things they're not scary at all once you face it once you stand in your power it's not scary anymore and it doesn't affect you how it would somebody who doesn't recognize it's there. So then fast forward to when I decided, okay, because I always knew I was going to share my story. I knew it from when I was a young, very young child. I was like, well, this story is, you know, I'm going to write a book. Now, when I decided, so last year, I I had the inkling to start a YouTube channel and that I didn't really go deep into the YouTube channel. I just kind of put out a few videos and then, um, I took a step back, but when I decided to do the videos, I knew I was going to share my story and I was, you know, checking in with my guide team. Like, am I going to be safe and protected? Because I knew that I was kind of being, I was being watched very carefully of what I was doing. I knew that these, the matrix system knew that I was about to share my story and it was making me uncomfortable, you know, and I was, I have some past life things too, where I was, you know, essentially killed for sharing my truth. Um, And so there was a lot coming up for me at this time. And my guides, you know, kept saying, you're safe and protected. You're safe and protected. Like we got your back. So I said, okay, I'm going to start, you know, putting out these YouTube videos. So the day, so my oldest daughter's graduation was happening. She was graduating out of state. So in Michigan, um, high school, and I was in, um, California And so I decided to rent a car and I was going to go to her graduation. Now, it was two weeks before her grad, I was to leave for her graduation that I decided that I was going to put my story out there. And so it was two weeks. And then a week before I left for her vacate for her um, graduation, I filmed my matrix videos, my initial version of these matrix videos. So essentially the ones that I'm recording now in this podcast are similar to what I had put out in, in the YouTube channel. And, but it was, I was in a different place at that point too. So there's, I wouldn't 
put those videos out now, if that makes sense. Like I have a different version of, of the story now, but not a different version, but um, a different perspective on my story at this point that I think is a higher vibrational perspective. The point is that I had filmed those, my, my first initial, maybe I had gotten through the series of matrix videos before. So this was a week before I left up to go to my daughter's graduation. I knew I was renting a car because the plane tickets were like astronomical at the time. And I just didn't have the money. So I rented a car. I had a really bad feeling going into this trip. I just did not feel good about the trip, but I, there was nothing I could do because I was adamant that I'm going to my, I'm going to be at my kid's graduation. Like there's no way that I'm not going to make this God, So there was a whole shit show with the rental car to begin with I, the car that I rented. That was as close as I could get to where I live. I live in a very rural area. I had to drive already an hour to go get the vehicle in the first place. They so I called ahead of time because I know rental car companies are you know each one is different and they always have different things that they need paperwork and whatnot and so I called them ahead of time to find out and they told me what I needed I brought all that with and I get there and they won't give me the vehicle because I didn't have this other piece of of paperwork that I needed and. I'm like freaking out because I don't have a lot of time to spare. Like I'm, you know, it's going to be a long drive as it is. It's going to be like a five or six day event. And I had already left with a couple day leeway, you know, so this, this is what I'm thinking as I'm encountering this. And so I have to drive three, three more hours South out of my way. I'm going Northeast. I have to go Southwest to get to, to get a different rental car. And I finally get the rental car. So I'm already like way behind schedule, way behind time. And so I go and get this other rental car. I get on the road finally, and I just have this very bad feeling. And the whole ride, I'm getting all these messages. I see um, signs on the side of the road, flashing bright lights, slow down, watch out. Like, you know, I'm just getting the message to be hyper vigilant. Like, and I'm just, I just already know that something's, something's off, you know, about this trip. So I'm, I go get through a vast majority of my trip and I'm finally in North Dakota. I'm driving, I'm at the end of a long day of driving. I'm, it's like 10 o'clock at night. It's dark out. I stop for gas. I fill up and I'm going to drive another 30 minutes until I'm going to stop and sleep for the night. I get back on the freeway and I'm not 10 minutes in when out of the corner of my eye, I see the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't care who thinks I'm crazy. Like this was not a fucking normal deer. Okay. I grew up in Wisconsin. I know my deer. <laughs> okay. This deer. And since this experience, I have looked at deer every time I see them. And I'm thinking the deer that I saw on the side of the road that night was four times the size of any deer, even male deer with antlers I have ever seen in my life. This deer was 
at least as big as an elk. I mean, this was the biggest, I'm not exaggerating, biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And before I could even react, it shot across the road. I hit it and I was in a Toyota Camry and the safety features, it was a, it was a brand new Toyota Camry and the safety features in this vehicle stopped. It caused the, like the car stopped itself dead in its tracks and every single um, airbag went off in the vehicle. And I mean, there was airbags along all the ceilings, like along all of the windows and along the floorboards, uh, like by my pedals. Um, the deer did, a, I mean, it totaled the whole vehicle. The, the whole front end of the vehicle like came up and the back of the deer, I mean, it was sliding towards, uh, like it looked to me, as I'm watching it come up towards me, it looked to me like it was going to come through the windshield. And if it did come through the windshield, it would have killed me without a doubt. I would have been dead because the thing was enormous. It was extremely heavy. Like it, it hit so hard that the, um, there was a dent the size of its back in the, in the metal hood of the vehicle and the hood it accordioned the hood accordion just right so that it kept the deer from coming in through the windshield. And the miraculous thing is that my daughter was asleep in the back seat in her car seat and she slept through the whole thing. Like she didn't even know what happened. <laughs> now I'm in shock. I'm panicking. I'm screaming and crying because we're dead stopped in the middle of a lane on the freeway. I can't see well enough to move the vehicle off of the freeway. So I have to get out of my vehicle, go around and get my daughter out of the car. Now, the the deer, when I say that this deer did not run like a normal deer, I'm not exaggerating, like ran. Like I know how deer run. Like I know their body mechanics. It was not it was just the most bizarre experience. And then the first car on the scene was, I think he was army or um, Marine and he was clearly an officer in whatever branch of the military he was in. And his, it was a government plate. And so he's the first person on the scene which I think is bizarre. And if you have ever followed any of the, you know, conspiracy um, circles, like, you know, that this type of thing is not uncommon in a situation where the matrix is involved and they're trying to kind of take you out. Um, I fully believe that this is an attempt on my life. And I know that my, my guide team and spirit saved my life. Like the thing is, is that they have killed people and they have killed a lot of people, you know, there's the um, red tie group, you know, Epstein, um, you know, people who have hanged themselves from doorknobs, which is like physically impossible to do. This is the matrix killing those people. But the thing is, is that they have to have a soul agreement prior to incarnating that they allow the matrix that they decide like, okay, yes, I, you can, I will allow this to happen, to be a soul contract for me. I will allow 
my death. And typically it's because it they're a martyr to the cause kind of where they're the reason why they would agree. I mean, there's varied, varied reasons why a, a soul would agree to this, but one of the a major one would be that their death brings more light to the system than their their life would you know their death is is shining a light on the system in a bigger way than that and so they're agreeing to it so anyway that's a side note so i did not agree coming in that they could kill me this was not one of my soul agreements i am not to be touched like i made that very clear and my guides have have saved my back but that doesn't mean that they're not trying to still affect me and so I believe that this was a very strong attempt at my life. I had the whole situation after that was extremely bizarre. Like the cop that showed up was bizarre. The paramedics that showed up basically told me not to go to the hospital. It was the whole situation was in completely bizarre. The from start to finish, like it was so weird. And then I felt the matrix from start to finish. Like I knew that this was their shenanigans. I knew it, but my guide team and spirit protected me. They protected my daughter. Like neither one of us was pretty seriously injured. Like I did get an injury where um, an airbag hit my leg, my shin really hard. I did get an injury there, but it wasn't a major injury. And I mean, we, we walked away from, you know, it was, it was pretty miraculous. Yeah. So the whole thing was bizarre, but this wasn't the end of, of the shenanigans. So not only was this an attempt on my life, but then it was, they knew that like how important it was to make my daughter's graduation. And I was, you know, I, I was gonna barely make it there. And then this put me a whole day behind. And so I had to book it. And when I say I had to book it, I had to book it to my daughter's graduation. I was late to the graduation, but I made it to see her walk by 15 minutes. I mean, that is how how close it was. It was intense because I had to get a new rental car. I had to, it was a, it was a whole thing, but my initial issue with the rental car, I believe was actually protecting me. I think that the rental car ended up and saved my life because of the safety the safety measures that it was built into this vehicle. It saved my life. And my guides were uh, the whole way I felt them. They were like in my ear the whole way like and I was not speeding. Uh, that's part of the reason why I was like kind of behind time because I knew I needed to be careful and I was going the exact speed limit. Now the speed limit where I hit the deer was 80 because that, that was the actual speed limit. And I think I was going about 75 when I hit that deer. But um, I mean, we were incredibly lucky. My daughter doesn't even, she was like out cold the whole time. She's just sleeping through it with no issue. I barely make the graduation. We get my oldest. We bring her back to California. We drive back. That was pretty uneventful. We get back to California and my I was recording the Matrix videos and my story basically on my cell phone. And we went into a store and 
I set my cell phone down and the woman who came into the bath in, uh, in the bathroom stall and I forgot it. And the woman who came into the bathroom behind me stole it. She gave me the creepiest vibes. We actually ran into her as we were coming out. She was coming in the door to the bathroom and she gave all of us super creepy vibes. Like my daughter even said, my oldest, after we left the bathroom, she, we, we were talking about it. We were like, what was up with that girl? She gave me really creepy vibes. She stole my phone, which had, was everything. Like I, I had everything on that phone. So this was the second thing where it was like, oh, it was a warning shot. Like you better not say your story. You better shut the fuck up. You know, we don't, we don't want you to say what the truth. We don't want you to tell your story. And so my videos were on this, everything, it was, it was a whole thing. So I, we, but my guides again had my back. I got my phone back. (laughs) I, me and my oldest daughter used social media and used the um, Facebook groups for my, the town that I'm in and tracked her down and found her and like basically threatened police action. And she finally brought the phone back to the store and were like ran out of the store. She went, but this was like a couple of days where she had my phone. But in the midst of all that, I was getting signs. It's everything's okay. So like I, some of the signs I get are like animals. And one of them is major, like birds of prey, like hawks and um, like bald eagles are one of my major signs. I'm just freaking out because this is like, you know, the culmination of so much work is has gone into these videos and I'm just heartbroken and just like, what am I going to do? Because not only is my phone stolen, I didn't have insurance on this phone. And so there was just like, it was a whole thing. I see a bald eagle just circling above. And this is a very rare sighting in the area that I'm in. And I'm like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And I knew then that I was going to get my phone back. And it took us a couple more days, but sure as shit, I got my phone back. But then that the, it didn't end there. I got into, and I am not kidding when I say I've only gotten into like maybe one accident prior to this major, the, the deer accident. I only gotten into maybe one accident in my life. And that was like a fender bender. Like I've never been in a major accident before in my life. And certainly not, not multiple. And after my phone I mean, this, and this was all within like a month to a month and a half. I got hit four more times by vehicles um, rear ending me four more times after that. (laughs) This is not a coincidence. Okay. This was the matrix giving me warning shots, sending me warning shots, telling me, you're going to shut the fuck up or we're going to hurt you. And my guides were like, you're not going to shut her up. You better be on, on watch, you know? So uh, essentially like I had, I was protected the whole time and I was safe and, and so are you, but this is what the matrix tries to do, you know? And, but it empowered me more because I saw how safe and protected I was. I saw what, a millisecond could have done in that accident a millisecond before after would have killed me and my guys just had my back from start to finish now 
I put my videos out and then I backed off of the YouTube channel and did some internal work and you know there was some some other things that happened. So that was a that was a year a little over a year ago. And then I decided to do this podcast and as I was going back and forth about putting my story into the podcast and okay should I do the matrix part again cuz I had already put it out in this YouTube channel, but then I let, I just stopped the YouTube channel. And so I'm, I was like kind of going back and forth within myself. Like, do I put this back out there? My guides are like, yes, hello. This is like your message. Like put it, yes, put it out there, you know? And so I'm like, okay, but you know, last time and they're like, dude, we had your back, you know, just trust that we have your back again. Like you're safe and protected. But again, I, as soon as I decided to put that out, I filmed or I recorded the first episode of this podcast, which is, you know, my, my story. And while I was editing that podcast, my dog got run over my, my soulmate of a dog, like Coda was Ah, uh, he was my soulmate. Okay. This beautiful husky, he gets run over by a car and dies. Okay, he gets run over as I'm editing this the for the initial podcast episode. He gets run over and I rush out there and we couldn't get him to the hospital in time and he died. Then I find out then the next week, so that happened, the following week, it wasn't even, I think it was five, maybe seven days after that, after he dies, I was outside my house. I live on a, a large acreage um, and I was outside my house and I came across, uh, I was coming back towards my house and between me and my front door was this man. I had no idea who he was. He was not making a lot of sense. He was saying, I'm looking for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, they don't live here. You need to leave. And his energy was horrible, like icky. I, I just felt so sick to my stomach. And I realized that he's my sleeping child is inside my apartment that I can't get to the door without getting very close to this person. And I did not feel safe. And so my car was behind me. So I get in my vehicle, I lock all my doors, I turn my car on and I put the headlights on so I can see him. And he walks, thankfully, this draws him towards me because I'm praying in my head, please do not let him go to my house because he must have heard and seen me come out of my house. He was that close because I was only outside for like, maybe three minutes. And so he had to have been right there when I actually came out of my house. And I'm just praying that he doesn't go to my house because then I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go on the offensive. Like there's no way that this dude's going to go in where my child is, you know, I no fucking way. And so anyway, I get in my car. Thankfully this draws him towards me and he's trying, he's banging on my door, trying to get in my car. He's like, you know, he won't leave. He's then he goes in front of my car and he stands there and he's just staring me dead in my eyes just for 
a long period of time. I called my landlord who thankfully picked up and, and ended up coming out, but it, you know, it took him a minute. He's probably disoriented. I'm waking him up from sleep. And so meanwhile, this guy's just staring me dead in my eyes, like won't leave. He's in front of my vehicle. He's making these weird gestures. Like he throws, he looks up into the sky and he's like putting his arms up and he's like, it's like, he's planning something what i don't know like he's he's extremely creepy and i see the meth sores all up and down his arms and so i know that he's a meth addict and i just know what meth does to a person it just really blocks out their ability to connect into the divine it attracts really dark energies to him so that's why he his energy felt so gross to me it's i was picking up on that he obviously wasn't there for good purposes. Like he, he likely meant me harm. I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have the ability to lock myself in the vehicle. You know, I don't, I don't know. And so anyway, so, so this happens days after my dog dies. Then I find out that my dear friend is losing her battle for, of cancer that she's, that I've been daily talking with her. I've been there you know, and emotionally been there with her, this, this whole ordeal. And I find out she's losing her battle with cancer. She's only got likely a few days, no more than a couple of weeks is what they're telling her. And so I find out I have, you know, I'm not going to go, let her go out without saying goodbye. So I plan a trip. This is another road trip. So I go out to see her in Montana. On my way, I stop in Bozeman, Montana, and I am dropping something off inside this glass door that I can see my vehicle the whole time. So I left it running. This was on a college campus. I left my vehicle running. The doors open because I could see my vehicle the whole time. As I'm coming back out, three college guy, frat boys, stop at my car and they're looking in. There was another car in front of mine. So with the depth of where they were, it was hard to tell if they were in front of my vehicle. I thought they were in front of the other vehicle. So it took me a second to process that they're trying to get into my vehicle. They opened my car door and one of them is rummaging through my stuff. Like I had my purse there. I'm traveling. All of my my ID, my my you know, credit cards, my, my debit cards, everything is in right there. And so then I'm like running and I'm like screaming and I'm like, Hey, get away from there. And my child is in the vehicle sleeping. And that's my first instinct was I'm freaking out because my kid is in there. I don't even think about my purse, but then I realized after the fact, they're trying to steal my purse and everything that's in my front seat. But I go running out there and I'm like screaming at them, get away from my car. You know, I'm like just making a scene. And there are dozens of college kids everywhere. Not one of them comes to my defense. Not one of them tells these guys it's not okay what they're doing. (laughs) And the one that was, you know, the biggest one, he comes in my face and he's basically, he's he goes, well, what the fuck are you doing leaving your car unlocked like that? Like victim blaming, you know, not that I'm a victim, but like, 
you know, it's one of those guys that if he rapes a girl, he's going to say, oh, she was wearing a skirt. Like one of those types of guys, you know, like the ones that make excuses for their behavior. I just, I was appalled. I could not believe that this dude had the balls after I'm catching him trying to steal stuff out of my vehicle, had the balls to blame me for him going into my vehicle. It was, it just blew my fucking mind. But it was like, it was one thing after another. There was not a moment where I had a second of peace in that month (laughs) of, at, right after I I videoed this first Matrix episode, and I mean, so this is the types of things that they will do, and they will the things that they do to you are they're taking your deepest fears, like the car accident was a fear of mine, the somebody attacking me in my home was a fear of mine, the somebody stealing things out of my like going in my vehicle. Like, uh, like violating my personal space. That is a fear of mine. They're using my biggest fears and they're turning them against me and they're, and they're doing things that trigger my biggest fears. And that's, that's what happens when you not, I don't want to say, cause I'm not fighting them. I'm just literally shining a light on them and they are pissed. They do not like this, but they're not going to silence me. It's already, I've already gone, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm safe and protected. I know that. I know that in my, in the depths of my being, I know that I am safe and protected. I know that they can't actually touch me, but I have to be vigilant because they will try to make me slip up the ways that they could affect like actual death or something like that with me is if they make me slip up, they make me not pay attention and I get into a car accident that, you know, kills me. It's, they cannot themselves purposely, like with their own quote unquote hands, they can't cause my death, but they can try to make me slip up to cause my own death. Okay. And that's, so I have to be vigilant. So that's actually why I don't go further. One of the main reasons why I don't go further into the matrix is because I think it breeds fear. I don't want people to be afraid. I want people to stand in their power. I want people to maybe get a little pissed off that this is happening because at least that'll spur a movement of change, you know, out of this system, you know, but I don't want people to go down the rabbit holes because it's, you know, like I said, it's the matrix. They want you to get into that anger. They want you to get into that rage that they want you to want to punish them because when you do that, that's you're stooping to their level. But I don't want to do that. And I and I also don't want to this energet the energetics of this is heavy for me. When I'm when I'm trying to say my piece about this matrix system, the I can feel them around me. I can feel the denseness of the energy. I can feel the attempted psychic attacks. And although I have a very strong energetic field, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about this if I didn't. 
I'm able to hold myself within that pretty um, strongly, but I don't want to be in that. I don't want to feel the heaviness of this. I escaped out of that, you know, and I don't want to go back into it. I don't want this to be like a regular thing where I'm just spouting off about the matrix for, you know, the rest of my life. Like that's, that's not my goal. My goal is the, is what happens after I want to show this system so that we can break out of it. And then what happens after that? That's my purpose. That's my goal is how we come together and create a new system. That's what I'm here for. And yes, I'm here to shine a light on on this system because you can't get out of it until you know that it's there. But I don't want to be one of those people that is just digging into the nooks and crannies of what they're they've done to us and just making everybody angry and enraged about all the little fucking details. Who cares? Who the fuck cares? I mean, yes, there are really bad atrocities that have happened. And yes, we can talk about them. And yes, it's okay to tell, share your story and to fucking, you know, share your experience. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying like, we don't need to like get into the, the depths of it all the time. Like we don't just need to sit in that. We just need to like get out of this and then create a new system. And so I just don't want to sit in the energetics of the heaviness of this, of being a person who is talking about this system because it, they just, they bring, they try to throw all of the heaviness and the density and, and they, they bring, they try to bring the hammer down on you. And I'm just not wanting to have to hold that at bay for the rest of my life. I just, I don't want to sit in it. I don't, I, I don't need to sit in it, you know, and I, and I don't on the regular, but when I actually talk about this is when I draw the, them to me. And although, and, and I just don't want them in my energy field. I don't want to have to throw them out of my house all the time to, as, as one example, I don't want to have to be hyper vigilant about me and my family and make sure that everybody's, you know, protected. Like I know that we're protected, but, um, I just don't want that to be my everyday all the time reality. And so I just wanted to give you an example of what I've gone through because I think many other people have been. And when you're trying to change your life and grow spiritually and break out of the belief systems of the societal structures and be your own unique, beautiful, weird, magical being you're going to come into come like run into like this wall that's trying to keep you in the boundaries of the matrix and i think many of us have experienced that where where when you're trying to grow you get kind of batted back down there's a lot of like negativity that you can draw to yourself as you're trying to break out of the system or even if you're not intentionally trying to break out of the system even if you're just trying to like 
break yourself out of your own, you know, out of the, it, it is the matrix ultimately is what I'm trying to say. And you're breaking out of that. But I think most people aren't aware that they're actually breaking out of it. But my point is that I think there's a ton of people probably out there that have experienced similar things to what I'm talking about. And that's why I'm talking about it. But just know that it's not as scary. They want you to be afraid. They want, they've instilled this fear in us over generations. And it's the fear that keeps us in this matrix system. We have to move beyond the fear. That's why we have to have each other's backs. We have to build, you know, we're not in competition with each other. We are a tribe, a a earth tribe. We are a human tribe. And we have to band together to support each other as we as more waves of us break out of this matrix system because i know a lot of people are working on that right now within their self maybe they're not even aware that they're breaking out of the matrix system but they're trying to work their way out of what they've been what's been ingrained into us and so we need to band together it's not as scary as it seems you are in charge you are powerful you are an incredible creator being build yourself up keep yourself in high vibration do things that you love don't go down the rabbit holes don't go down into the darkness be in the light be around people that make you feel good be do things that make you feel good and we've got this thank you for tuning in to the mystic mecca and we will see you next week